Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, listeners, Kevin and I need your help. Yes, we need your help. Please, please, please. We need your stars. We need your reviews, you guys, on iTunes so we can start to climb those iTunes rating charts. It's simple. Open iTunes, click on the iTunes store, search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legend. Then click on Ratings and Reviews under the Customer Reviews click write a review then let us know what you think from one to five stars if you need some help think of one star being carol channing and paul lynn in the road company of the last five years and five stars being free front row tickets to hamilton (laughs) although when you think about it i actually would give five stars to the road company of carol channing and paul lynn in the last five years because i think that would be Uh, awesome i would love to hear can i hear moving too fast as paul (laughs) (laughs) that's the the one i really want she's a six the goddess (laughs) And through Erica Schwartz and Danica Weiss and the Handelman twins. So there you go. You can also leave a comment if you like. That's it. That's your reviews. It. Send us Thank your reviews, you. please. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast Plus. You can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Not Elaine Stitcher, no. but Stitcher. <laughs> Stitcher? I don't even know her. That's okay. Just that was, sorry. Kevin you're from his vaudeville you're days welcome. bringing back that old chestnut. <laughs> Kevin David Thomas and the Ritz Brothers for one night only. That's for you, Mom. <laughs> now, today we're going to do something a bit different. Uh, This is our last episode of 2016. Huzzah. Huzzah. And we wanted to take a moment and look back on the year, but most importantly, celebrate the legends we have lost this year. This is true. And I always find it sad when we lose a legend because I think... Darn it, we didn't get their story. You yeah, know what there's I mean? a couple like, of people that are oh, going to be... I really wanted to talk to Florence Henderson, you know? John McMartin. John Mc... I know. So many, so many. So due to time, we won't be able to name every single name and talk about every single person we lost. Uh, and because we celebrate Broadway, we won't necessarily honor the folks who made their names in other mediums, like David Bowie, or Prince, or Muhammad Ali. Who was on Broadway, though? In a f- for five days in a musical. In oh. a mu- and there's clips on YouTube, And what's you guys. it called? You told me uh, this. Buck White. Buck White. Yeah, 1969. And our former first lady, Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan was in Lute Song wow. with Mary Martin. Wow. In the 40s. So we Who won't talk that? about them for no, many no, no. reasons. Yeah, but we're, well, we're, we're going to talk about some others that you yes. may have heard of. But if you well. come by later tonight, you can see me in my Nancy Reagan drag, <laughs> where I go around and sing Secondhand Rose. It's, oh, it's going to be kind of brilliant. Okay, I'm just I'm just sharing with everybody. Uh, <laughs> Second, uh, and joining us today oh. in today's celebration is a good friend of Behind the Curtain. This is a man who loves Broadway just as much as we do, if not more so. And he's just come back from London, right. which is very exciting. Broadway and the West End for this guy. His blog, Theater Aficionado, is one of the most valuable sources of information. He is a sweetheart of a guy. I'm going to repeat that blog one more time. Theater Aficionado. His name is Kevin Daly. Welcome, Kevin. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin, Another thanks Kevin. for joining us today. It is my pleasure. I feel so honored to be asked. Oh, my gosh. So Kevin is my first online friend. <laughs> Is that weird That's to say? Weird. It sounds That's really creepy. Of, I know, like Whoa. really, like. But I found I found it was your blog uh, yeah. seven or eight years ago when I was doing a little night music, and I about which I had opinions. That's right, and <laughs> I and I but I read and I went down this rabbit hole one night of reading every single thing I could find of your of your work, yeah. and so when I reached out to you, I don't remember how it started exactly, but we just became on friends, you know, and then That's we so would sweet. meet in New York sometimes and see a show or something. We saw that September um, uh, Knickerbocker Hall. Holiday, didn't we? Holiday, that's um, right. That concert. Uh, anyway, and so I've been a, and a good friend and came to my wedding. I mean, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now, did, I think our listeners know, you might have mentioned this before, but I just want to remind our listeners one more time. Can you tell us once again how you and your wife met one another? We, oh my gosh. Because it's were, romantic. We, yes, we, we, we were Romeo and Juliet in Romeo and Juliet by the Shakespeare. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> How many of your leading ladies have you dated? <laughs> or have married? Or have married. That's a good one too. This is I where why how did we why no why why did we go down this road? I will say road? your like, strangest wedding happen? was when you did Harold and Maud. <laughs> That's <laughs> They were all very supportive, Kevin. <laughs> was that with Stretch? <laughs> yeah, that was Stretch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh. So now, no, wait, Mr. 
Mr. Daly, because we have two Kevins here today, so I'll just mm-hmm. keep calling you Mr. Daly. Tell us a little bit about Theater Aficionado. What is it? How did it get started? It's a theater blog. I started in 2007. Uh, I had been emailing some friends about what I had seen. And I mean, when emailing, it was like epistles. It was multiple paragraphs just right. vomiting everything that I had thought about what I had seen. And they just said, get a blog. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, eh, and finally I caved and just, uh, I, uh, I started writing then. And for, you know, I'd say two years, just my friends read it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it started picking up some traffic and I started meeting some interesting people and I started interacting more with the creators and then Twitter came around. Mm. And as soon as I got on Twitter, uh, it just sort of took on a life of its own. So, Theater Aficionado. Right. Um, and how many years has it been going on right now, you told us? Uh, nine years. Nine? Wow. Amazing. Kevin's a fantastic writer. I, everyone, just go down the rabbit hole of, 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 of your of writing yeah, about your, th- you. give your yourself thoughts. Give yourself a weekend. It's true, yeah. It's because it's, you, you review, but it's always, there's always a celebration of the, of the work, too. Well, also, I, I've, I think. I've always balked at, because people would say, oh, you're a theater critic. I've never felt like a theater critic. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to be a theater critic. Mm-hmm. I'm, want to talk about it mm-hmm. i don't actually want uh, but you know to talk about it and assess it but not in a way that say isherwood might right. of course um lousily um right. I, I i i do want to try to be constructive mm-hmm. and not just rip on things um i find also having met more theater professionals like kevin has altered also how I approach the work because I see more of what goes into right. how it is done from behind. How fascinating. It did. It, 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 I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but it has made me more considerate of how I approach something I write. And <laughs> it just has continued from there. Um, oh, and good. Twitter has taken over a little bit, little bit of Tumblr, which is also fun. And what's your Twitter handle? At Kevin D. Daly. At Kevin D. Daly. Yep. D-A-L-Y. D-A-L-Y. With that middle initial D, everyone seems to... I don't know who has Kevin Daly, but (laughs) they've gotten a lot of interesting tweets over (laughs) the last seven years. This poor plumber from Montana. He's like, what is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? (laughs) Why does everyone want to talk to me about it? Now, speaking of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that, you say, is your favorite forgotten flopped... Failed musical. We'll use any F. Any all, all of the Fs. And s- starring in this was Ken Howard, right? Whom we lost this year. Who we lost this year. So let's talk a little bit about. We'll start with Ken Howard yeah. first. What is it about his performance in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that makes it so special? Well, it's interesting because he's not quite right for the show itself. Uh, uh, he had a very limited vocal range. Uh huh. He was able to succeed in several musicals, uh, especially 1776. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1600, he had to play all of the presidents. And by the time it got to New York, I would say that much more of the the praise and focus shifted to Patricia Routledge, Mm. who offered a tour de force. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners who who might not know Patricia Routledge keeping up appearances on PBS... Hyacinth Bouquet. Amazing. Kevin is laughing, but that's how my Friday nights are spent. <laughs> hey, she's brilliant. Right? And so, she could, <clears throat> unlike Hyacinth, Patricia Routledge can really sing. Yeah. And Leonard Bernstein wrote her a nine-minute showstopper called The Duet for One, which I am beyond obsessed with. Kevin came to my house, and I just played this the recordings. Of oh, this really? is a fact. Oh, wow. He this was in fact. my dining room listening yes. to all of these Duet for Ones. <laughs> This and is a fact. This is, this is true. And but Ken has done with seventeen seventy six. He did seesaw. He was in yep. seesaw. Promises, he was in promises. Seesaw. Uh, yeah, he was in promises, promises. Um, he, and for many years, he was uh, one of the most celebrated presidents of SAG-AFTRA. That's true. So oh, he, right. yeah, yeah. So he yeah. had a very, very strong, you know, political. Yeah. And I feel like he's well. on every Law and Order. Whenever I turn on Law and Order, it's used The White his... Shadow. He was on the TV show The right. White Shadow I think as he well. He showed up on a murder she wrote every now and then. I would of hope so. I, I believe sure. so. And he was gorgeous. Big, tall, <laughs> yeah, blonde. That. Yeah, really good looking. Strapping. Guy. Strapping. And he got, to, he got to do the 1776 film. Which, as, oh, as Jefferson, right. he was Jefferson, which people forget. Right. Yeah. He was Jefferson in two musicals. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What a. 
he, he, in 1600. Bit of trivia. Yeah, he, he played him in 1776, and he was one of the presidents he played in 1600. Cornered the market on that one, didn't yeah, he? Nailed I think it. he had to play Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Buchanan, Johnson. Jeez, wow. he went through everybody. Yeah, ending up as Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> in a cameo. At, they had no idea how to end. It was such a bomb that they had no idea how to end the show that they threw that. No. So if you want to hear Ken Howard in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, you have to contact Kevin Daly directly. <laughs> or, go to his dining room. I think there are some clips on YouTube. Uh, some, YouTube people clips. Have, some people have put audio clips of the show oh, on good. YouTube. The, All right. The duet for one. And I think some of Ken's okay. work from that. Fantastic. Right. So we'll, we'll, it's still Bernstein. You it's know, still Bernstein. It's we'll like, post some clips for our friends. Now, <laughs> Ken Howard, big, big in the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. Also one of our favorite 70s pieces, of course, is Company. And we lost our original Amy That's right. this year, Beth Howland. Yeah. Not getting married today, who I think, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on record as saying this, she does that song better than anybody. Brilliantly. That's that's but, my opinion. No, I... That I, is my see, opinion, just my opinion. I've never heard it bettered. No. You can't. She, she, no. Nails the, she nails the words, first of all, which, I mean, to, to land that tatter song, but to be both funny and endearing... Right. Like this woman is clearly having a mental moment, and you just want to hug her, but in the sweetest way. Totally, I totally, you know, yeah, oh yeah. I think she was an incredibly <laughs> talented actress who I think because of television ha- was sort of pigeonholed because she was also on, on uh, Alice. Alice, Alice for like the, ten yeah, years as the that. scatterbrain. Yeah, for te- a decade, she had that thing with the straws. Exploding yeah, the straws everywhere. would explode and stuff. Um, you never co-starred with her, right? Because you would have married her at this point, right? <laughs> Beth Allen. It's funny, Rob. That's really, I'm just, really I'm, funny. Just, I'm just asking. But I'm her, just uh, asking. she was married to her company co-star uh, Charles Kimbrough. Yes. yes, best known for Murphy Brown fame. Oh, I loved right. Murphy Brown, and I used to see them together. Uh, at various events, they used to go to encores together. Oh. I saw them Aww. at... The last time I saw them together was, I believe, when they aired Merrily We Roll Along in movie theaters. Oh. Uh, that West End production. Yeah. They put it in the movie theaters. And they were walking in the theater and they were just holding hands and it was really sweet. Oh, that... Yeah. Just sort of thing you observe. Yeah. Now, the, if I understand correctly, they did company together. Right. Years went by. Right. Where I think they were with other people. They were with people. other people. And then they return to each other in the last few years of her life or so. I, I mean, I would be 10 oh, or 15, 20 years, but at least. Right. It's, oh, that's special. I, I, I don't know exactly what brought them together. I, w- I would like to think that maybe it was that company reunion concert they did. Oh. But uh, wow. I, I couldn't I couldn't. That'd be, that, I couldn't that's sweet. I feel like we have to look, at, look into that. Yeah. How did, how did Charlie Kimbrough and Beth Howland yeah. get together? Maybe there's a play. There as well. Ooh, you, I'm, I'm making a note for myself. Also, <laughs> um, if you watch that original company DVD where they're the making of the recording right. studio, yeah, and you get to see her performance, mm-hmm. it's right. wonderful. But look at the 1984 Tony Awards because they do a Sondheim tribute, and she comes out and she does it again, and it's nice to see her. Oh yeah, in full performance totally. mode as opposed to being interrupted by right. the recording session. Right. Although she is pretty genius in that recording session, I love it. it I, it's, it's so close up. To watch. Fascinating to see yeah, her process and all of that and stuff, and to to see them going over and trying to really perfect it for for the record. Like, yeah. I'm also a little confused by this, and maybe this will come out at some point. I don't know if she passed away in 2016 or 2015. She died on New Year's Eve 2015. But they didn't tell anyone. I mean, it, it wasn't was released to the press for three months or six something? Six months. Six, six months. It was, months. It was her, apparently, it was her request. There was to be no funeral, no memorial, and to wait. I wonder months. why. I don't know. It was well, so strange. Wild. Because I saw, I was like, oh, and then I saw the date, and I went, wait, what? wait a minute. Yeah. Well, to each their own. Hey, but and know. I'm just impressed that they were able to to do that without anyone finding out. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, in this day and age, everything leaks. Yeah. How did that? How did that stay under wraps for so long? Well, she was so beloved, um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful performer. I'm going to jump back if I can to Where? our golden age Ooh, of musical it. theater oh. with a man whom I'm obsessed with, but uh, didn't do a lot of Broadway musicals after he made it. Big on the television and the yeah. movies. That is George Gaines. George Gaines, Commandant Lassard. Okay, so from we know, Police okay. Academy. So you know him as Commandant Lassard. Commandant Lassard from Police Academy. Yeah. I know him as 
not the creepy, but kind of creepy dad from Punky Brewster who adopts Punky. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm a little explain that again. Because some of okay, I'm sorry. Sitcoms, I never and saw Punky Brewster. You never saw. Okay, so tell I me if you yeah. don't think this is a little odd. This, I love when you explain this, Rob, okay, especially let's, to, let's, let's have so to our younger she's, listeners. She's a, she is an orphan and uh, she's living on her own Punky. She's like six or seven years old. It's just her living in an abandoned tenement with a dog. Yeah. And George Gaines is a photographer oh. who finds her. And it's like, Panky, I'm going to adopt you now. And like, <laughs> and that's what he sounds like. That, that, yeah. that's... And she lives in this house with him. And nobody questions like, hey, his uh, name was Henry Warnemont. Hey, Henry, why are you 70? And there's a five-year-old girl living with you that we've never seen before. Right? I adopted her, Panky. And apparently, like, there's no, there's no issues with it. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone just looks around and goes, yeah, like, oh, nobody, that's okay. Oh, yeah, good. That's, that's, that's The 70-year-old man who's a photographer, mm-hmm. he's got a five-year-old girl that nobody's ever seen before, but that's okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's very heartwarming. You should watch it. That's and the at the end of the you. season, he adopts her. That, that's, and that, that's the 80s. That was the 80s. That was the coke Most in the 80s. And somebody <laughs> was like... <laughs> He's going to be an old man. He's going to take her in. We got problems with that? Nope. Let's move on to the no, next we're good, one. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're what, good. We're good. What, how many uh, seasons? I mean, I, we, <laughs> I think it was five. Wow. I think. With wow. Salil Moonfry. So that, that, that was her, her name. real name. Salil Moonfry. Good some hippie Salil. parents. But George Gaines played Henry Warnham on that. We know him as Commandant Sword. But let's was, be honest. He was in the console in 1950. The the, the, the Minotti. Which like, you're obsessed with. I love love me some Minotti. I am I am also Minotti. Yes. So what's that, your that favorite opera. What's your favorite Minotti piece? Uh, you got me into a, a, a Saint and Bleecker Street. Is yeah, that? That's, that's it's Saint and Bleecker Street. Saint and Bleecker really Street. Fantastic. Uh, same music. thing. Uh, because of Patricia Newway, the original star of the console, mm. I might have to go with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I find the scene of Bleecker Street probably is more dramatically thrilling. Yeah, I like just the... But the, yeah. uh, the console, it just has... It, it was an opera written for Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing. It was yeah. It was a full-on opera done eight times a week at the Barrymore Theater. Can you imagine? And, <laughs> no. I mean, they had alternates. Like, yeah. Yul Brynner's sister was the alternate lead. She also had the shaved head. <laughs> exactly. So ran in the family. It, it, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a signature look for all. She had a piece, though, so it was a uh, unit. She had a unit, so it's okay. <laughs> she had a unit, though, so you really but, I'm pretty uh, human. <laughs> he, he had such an interesting singing voice, and then he got to do Wonderful Town. With, the original uh, Robert Russell. Baker in Wonderful Town. Oh. And that, that rendition of, um, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on it. Go home, go west, go back where you came from. Go home. What is it? What go a waste. Back. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste. I don't think what a waste has ever sounded better than when George Gaines sings it. Nice. Because it is gorgeous. Nice. Gorgeous. And, and he, had, he had such an interesting voice. He was from yeah. Finland. And his voice just had this interesting tone to it that I always loved hearing it. Mm. And he's on the, the Gigi cast album. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, he played... Uh, he had one... One song, the contract. It's a nine-minute piece where he and Agnes Moorhead have a legal fight, <laughs> like you do with Agnes Moorhead, yeah, right? Like you do. And uh, just a very rich voice that uh, we were very lucky to have while we did. But then TV and, and of course, film yeah, really... he never really came back. No. Although you know what, in his later life, he did a lot of the Andre Gregory checkoff stuff. So, like, if you watch Vanya on 42nd Street with Wallace Shawn and Julianne Moore, he appears in that. Oh. But he got, he came back in the late, in the mid 90s, early 2000s and Mm. did a lot of legitimate work, not so much musicals. Oh, and also on Out of This World. Oh, yeah. He was on Out of This World as well. Which is a beautiful score. Which people don't really remember that much today out of this I world. Know. I, I'm trying to do the last time I've ever seen a production of that. Oh, gosh. They did it at Encores in 95, but... but uh, yeah, so what? That's 21 years ago now? Yeah, God. Geez. Somebody bring it back, because it's right? so it's gorgeous. Weird. And that, the, the, there's two there's two cast recordings of that, and they're both worth having. Okay. Okay. Because you got Charlotte Greenwood on the original, uh-huh. uh, Priscilla Gillette, uh, George Gaines, and uh, the Encores, they had... Uh, Marin Maisie, Lachance. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Andrea God. Martin. Oh, wow. So get both. All right. That is a group. That is a group of people. Oh, he was in Tootsie. And he, what, he was brilliant in Tootsie. He is so funny in that movie. For, for those of you who don't remember, he's in Tootsie. He's the, uh, the lech that's <laughs> opposite Dustin Hoffman. Dustin that's Hoffman. right. Yeah. He's always wearing that stupid ascot. Yes. And he's like so lousy and just sort of like, mm. 
But what a funny actor. What a funny, funny actor. Goofy. Yes. But then you listen to Quiet Girl on the original cast recording and he breaks your heart. Totally. So, all right. Well, that's George Gaines. That's George Gaines. Thank you, I, George. I'm so sorry. I've been so excited. I've been no, dominating I, the conversation. I, I, Who no, else? you're a good. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, uh, I don't know how to transition, so I'm just going to say the name Marnie Nixon. <sighs> Marnie Nixon. You know, what a so career. Fabulous. And in, in, for the first part of her career, I mean, talk about, I don't know, before the internet and all that, and no one knew that she was the singing voice for all of those movies. So we've fallen in love with her voice without ever actually seeing the for person who's doing it. Yeah, yeah you, you never saw it. Because to remind everybody, she was the singing voice in, let's see, The King and I movie, West Side Story, and My Fair Lady singing the leads. You so know, she, was dub- she was doing she Alina Lamont. Yeah. She was dubbing over. And she would enhance some of the high notes. You probably know more about... Yeah, she she did uh, some high notes for Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen for Blondes mm-hmm. for Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. There's that whole little no section that opens it. Mm-hmm. She did some of the. She did, oh, that I didn't know. She did That's that. her. Wow. She is the geese in Jolly Holiday in Mary Poppins. Oh my god. Yep, you're so good. She also did an album of Mary Poppins with Bill Lee. It's like one of those for kids albums. Oh, yeah, wow. and it's quite charming. She does like all sorts of high coloratura and spoonful of sugar. Amazing. Um, she also Deborah Carr. They did the King and I together, and Marnie Nixon has a wonderful autobiography. Um, What's I it? Anyone remember what it's called? I could have sung all night. She worked on it with Stephen Cole. I could have sung. Oh, we, one of, of our course. former guests, Stephen right. Cole. Right. I could have sung all night. And a uh, really fascinating look into her career because it transcended, you know, this trained singer. She's called upon to do this dubbing work. And with Deborah Carr, it was acting work because they worked very closely to get that. They were in the studio together and in the recording studio for Shall I Tell You, which they cut from the film. But there was such, there was such an ease to it that they really focused on the detail of getting the singing right, making sure it matched the character, what Deborah's intent in the scene was. Wow. wow. It was very well done. It's the best dubbing job I, th- I can think of. Wow. That's incredible. And, but she was on she, stage as well. I mean, she stage, did perform. Yes. I mean, even. But unfortunately, more people, people remember her from this, her voice, this dubbing thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I believe what she, she originally wanted to call her biography uh, Audrey Hepburn Dubbed My Face. You see, now that would have been funny. But the publishers were like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I I would have bought it. I think it's funny. Oh, wow. It's a really interesting read because her career, to, uh, she did concert. She did classical mm-hmm. singing, opera. Mm-hmm. Um, she did many musicals. She played, uh, you know, Anna and, uh, and Eliza Doolittle on stage. Yes. She did Eliza Doolittle at uh, City Center, I believe, in 1965. Mm. Um, and then came back. Uh, later in her career, she she replaced in Folly. She got to yep. she yes, and she was in yep. Nine. She played Guido's mom, and right. yeah, she did. She was, yeah, and she continued working substantially uh, up, up until the end of her life. Yeah. There was so much that she was. Yeah, doing. Yeah, she never stopped. Did what she? What a career! And I yeah. saw her once on stage, and that was in Music in the Air at Encore. Oh, nice! And she played an aged diva <laughs> who has. It's sort of like a cameo. She she you know you enter and you just. You just feel good about seeing Marnie Nixon mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. And she had one song that just brought the house down. And The Song Is You is probably the most famous song from that yes. score, which is actually very funny on stage. Huh. And uh, Chenoweth got laughs. And Patrice Munsell in 1985 hey. got uh, a huge response for it. She did it with John Reardon uh, in a series, they used to in the eighties. They had sort of an encores like thing where they revive these shows in concert format. And that great opera singer is an, someone else that we lost. Yeah, Patrice uh, Munsell this this past year. She was a Metropolitan coloratura. Yeah, and she decided she wanted to do musical theater, <laughs> which is uh, an unusual trajectory, especially at that time. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Ezio Pinza sort of broke that mold, mm-hmm. and Helen Trouble tried yeah. and failed. But uh, Patrice, even though she didn't, she only appeared on Broadway once in a musical Jubilee. She became a staple in stock. But unlike huh. a lot of these sopranos who try to do musical theater, this woman could belt. Mm-hmm. She can belt like a motherfucker. Really? Yeah. You should. You should go to YouTube. Okay. Immediately, like stop this <laughs> and go to YouTube. She does. There's a clip of her singing. If he walked into my life from Mame, and she just full clear open belt, and then an I'm still here in stock where they added extra key changes for her. 
and oh it's God. really thrilling. It's that's, really thrilling. That's wild. And, and she was so glamorous. Yeah. And I have friends who saw her in stock, and they just said she was just. Uh, one of my friends worked with her in stock and said she was just, she was just glamorous and wonderful. Wow. Oh, I'm I miss stock, and I miss the idea that all these big names would go all around the country or individual I states. Do. The Kenley players. Yes, yes. we always talk about, about the Kenley, Kenley players. players on here, they and so many of our guests there. have had had. Toward. I did all the, you know, and they. It was they, such a great opportunity. Yes, and for people, and people in the Midwest could see these these the Broadway show. I mean, right. essentially see the performance give, given on Broadway yeah. in their the hometown. Ways we had theater stars in a way we really don't have right. now. No, we really don't. Now going back a little bit, you were saying that Patrice Munsell, uh sings a sings a great rendition of "If He Walked Into My Life." Speaking of, we lost Frankie Michaels, who was the uh, who, he was the youngest. To this day, the youngest winner for the Tony Award. He was 10 when he got He back. played young Patrick Dennis yeah. mm-hmm. in the original Company of Mame uh, and didn't really do that much after that, no. it seems. Right. He, he, yeah. He but if you are pretty see, high early on, I guess. If you want to see something very adorable, he and Angela Lansbury reunited uh, in 2010 for a gala and sang oh. My Best Girl oh, that's to each a, other. That's adorable. And it's on YouTube, and it'll break your heart. And he has a beautiful voice. Oh, wow. I wonder why he maybe he just chose not to yeah. pursue this career. I know he done a couple of soap operas and things like that, mm-hmm. but I think he became a lawyer or an accountant. Or <laughs> well, you some... find that with a lot of those kids, <laughs> it's true. A lot of the kids, particularly from the golden age, you never hear from them again. Mm-mm. Like, where are all the original Von Trapp kids? Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where did they go? We we know the we know the movie Von Trapp kids, but all right. of the all of them, including the boys, nominated for best featured actress in a musical, and we don't know where they oh, are. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. When was the last time anyone heard? Well, Laurie Peters, I should say, Liesel. She she's been uh, she had a career after that, but you know, where's the original? Rolf Kurt. Or Kurt. Well, speaking of Liesel, we we lost the uh, Charmaine Carr from mm. uh, from the movie version right. of we uh, did. Of, Sound of Music. And I know most people know her for her Liesel and Sound of Music, but Evening Primrose. Evening Primrose. That's that's so weird. That's I usually think right. of her there first. Mm-hmm. And then I go, oh, yeah, she was I in Sound of Music. I always forget that she was in that. As well, right? Yeah. Beautiful lady. Great talent. Gorgeous yeah. voice. And a wonderful actress. Yeah. My God, what a wonderful actress. And those eyes. Oh, you can get lost in them when you watch her in, in the sound. Of, and even when you see her in interviews later in her career talking, just uh, just unspeakable beauty, mm. just tremendous. But she did, what was it, design work, interior design? Yeah, she was a decorator, I think, right. an interior decorator, yeah. And, and we also lost Florence this year. Did you ever see her perform well. live? I never saw her live. But... Um, she has, you know, we're we're very lucky that there are cast albums of her. Yes, she uh, she got her start in Broadway in "Wish You Were Here." Wish you were here. I love "Wish You Were Here." Uh, she had one Fanny. line. Love Fanny. She had one, one line. She had one line in that that she said that she would always remember. Uh, then she she went on to Fanny, which she she was the title character, but she wasn't the lead. Uh, it's a featured role. She has like one solo and lots of beautiful singing throughout, but it is really the older gentleman's story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was wonderful on that. Uh, she did the last Noel Coward musical, The Girl Who Came to Supper. Oh, that's yes. right. Based on uh, the, the Sleeping Prince. That's right. Uh, that's right. Probably best known to Marilyn Monroe fans from the film The Prince and the Showgirl. It's mm-hmm. that story. Yes. And yes. with a Noel Coward score. And it was her and Jose Ferrer. And it's quite lovely. You can see why it didn't quite catch on. There are a lot of shades of My Fair Lady to it. Yeah. And uh, Tessie O'Shea, a great Welsh performer, walked away with the Tony for uh, this like 10, 15 minute song cycle, also on YouTube, uh, <laughs> of music hall numbers, uh. which have nothing to do with the plot. They stopped the plot for Tessie O'Shea to come out and just entertain the audience. And that was everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> but Florence in the second act has the most dazzling dazzling showcase she's playing a showgirl in a london musical and she performs a tab version of the entire show for the prince regent the coconut girl and it is just tremendous she sings a duet with herself where she's a bass uh, then she's a coloratura oh my gosh just really staggering stuff and it ends with the, the the deathless showstopper the walla walla bula 
which is you know a classic, a standard. It's my best sixteen, Rob. <laughs> you should you should definitely check that out on that cast album. She also did South Pacific at Lincoln Center. She did South Pacific at Lincoln Center, and she's another one I think because of television we sort of forget how talented right. she totally. was and what a wealth of riches she had to right. offer. And she us. was a favorite of Rodgers and Hammerstein. They hired her for the last. I believe it was the last original national company of Oklahoma in the 50s. I don't think she ever came back to Broadway after the, the like the, she did the Brady Bunch was, and then well, we never really saw her who, again, right? She did the girl who came to supper. Was that it? Uh and that was her last Broadway appearance. I believe she wow. it, she should have come back, but I don't know why she didn't. Um but then again TV your life in California takes over. She did make one she had one role as a leading lady in a movie musical, and I think it was her, it was her only leading role in a film. Period. What? And uh, and she, even though she never came back to Broadway, mm-hmm. she was very active with Broadway Cares. Yes, Fights she was. AIDS. What a woman! And just last year, in 2015, she was in the Broadway Backwards concert. It's on That's YouTube. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. She sang "There's Nothing Like a Dame." Brilliant. And I think it, ha- it it ended with her Brilliant. like making out with a bunch of chorus girls. That's amazing. Because go yes. flow, go That's flow. Hot. Go flow. Go flow. We are going to miss her so much. So much. My only regret is that she didn't do more Broadway yes, in the 80s and 90s because there's so many things I would love to have and seen. And her voice her is in great shape for her entire life. Voice in great shape. Maybe you've seen this, but on YouTube at the Tony Awards, she does sing Sound of Music. Was that the, the, the that big 25th anniversary? Yes, where they did that. Yeah, the 25th one. That, we talked about that yeah, a lot. We yeah. talked about that. And, um, and she sings it there, and I think it's a really beautiful rendition. And she takes it up the octave at she, the end. Yes, she does. Just like Braun Hill. She's like, look what I'm going to do. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Um, now, before we got on the air, there's another great diva of musical theater that you said you had a story about, Mr. Daly, and that is the wonderful Tammy Grimes. Oh, right. Who the, we lost this year. The unique, the incomparable. There is there's really no one like Tammy Grimes. When you listen to her on on any of the cast recordings. And let's let's go over her stuff really quickly. Unsinkable Molly Brown. The featured Tony for a leading performance. The featured Tony in the unsinkable Molly Brown. Wow. Uh, my, my favorite, High Spirits. High Spirits. Oh, I love High Spirits. Um, where she sings one of my favorite songs, Home, Home Sweet, Sweet Heaven, Heaven, which well, is genius. Right? And then... Do you, do you have the live tape of High Spirits? No, I don't have the live tape of High Spirits. There is a live tape of High Spirits. If I knew someone who did, I would love if they could send it to me, we'll Kevin. I'll to, give you we'll my email to, address. We'll have to look into um, that. Great. Uh, she was so unique. in. Uh, she didn't so much sing as purr. <laughs> I, I mean, along the lines of uh, you could put her and Eartha Kitten sideshow and see what happens. <laughs> Pay money for that would, heartbeat. I'd love to see that in heaven. And I was at the Theater World Awards with my friend Noah Himmelstein in 2006, I want to say. She presented, uh-huh. and we decided to say hello. And so we're waiting, because you know, people are excited to see her. It's like, oh my God, Tammy Grimes. And, oh, I just remembered I saw her perform. We'll get into that in a minute. Ooh. Uh, but we're waiting in the aisle. I think it was at Studio 54. And she was making her way up, and my my friend Noah starts talking like, oh, you know, I love high spirits, blah 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 blah. And she just almost not paying any attention. She's just like, darling, do you have any gum? <laughs> and of course he did, and she asked for two pieces, and then she kissed Greedy. him on the lips. On the lips, just Woo! it was. I I was speechless. It was just At least she had fresh breath. Fresh breath. But I mean, that was our encounter. And uh, Noah and Tammy lived very happily ever after <laughs> after that. Sure he, was he was the big spoon. Uh, <laughs> he was the big spoon. I got to see her uh, at Town Hall. Uh, it was just, uh, what was it, 2011, I think. She They do that Broadway Originals yes. concert. Yes. She did a series of songs from The, un, uh, the Unsinkable Molly Brown. And she came out and she looked frail. She looked so frail. You worried for her. Yeah. Just because it, it seemed like she didn't know where she was or what she was doing and she was shaky. When she got to the microphone, she opened her mouth and magic happened. Uh-huh. She, she sang uh, 
I'll Never Say No in the show key as a tribute to Harv Presnell, who wow. had died a couple of years before. And she she intimated that she missed him terribly. Oh. Because they, they, did, they did the show on Broadway, and then they did the first national tour of it. So a lot of time together. They had a lot of time together. And his voice was Oh, he was magnificent. a gorgeous, and gorgeous she, instrument. She, I think she did My Own Brass Bed, I'll Never Say No, and then I Ain't Down Yet. Great. Wow. Well, perfect. Which could have seen it was, that. Yeah. It was magic. So we have her in that. And then also 42nd Street. She was right? our original yeah. Dorothy Brock in, in 42nd Street. So great talent. Also, she was married to Christopher Plummer, our right. Captain Von Trapp, and their daughter, Amanda Plummer. Right. It's a brilliant yeah. actress in Tony her own right. Emmy winner. Yeah. And was the, uh, did she win the Tony for? What was the name of the play that she won the Tony for? Agnes of God. Do you know that play, Rob? Uh, I've heard of it. Have I feel like uh, we've talked it. about it a couple times I've on heard this of it. Uh, podcast. We're kind of upset. When I we? say we, I mean me. We? Kind of obsessed with Agnes of God. <laughs> I saw the movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's oh, horrible. There's a lot going on. There's a lot <laughs> happening in that movie. There is a lot. I'm sure it was fascinating to watch on stage. <laughs> That's Tattoo from Fantasy oh, Island. Whoops. This is Oops. the baby in the waste paper oh, basket. Gotcha. Yeah. Please, Kevin. At, at, yeah, the, the convent. It's like, ooh, Whoa. she had a baby. Was it God? And then <laughs> chain-smoking Jane Fonda's like, yes. oh, my gosh. Whatever. It was Elizabeth Ashley in the original. And I oh, I love Elizabeth scene. Ashley. Elizabeth Ashley. Oh, come God. In just, and I think Diane Carroll replaced And Diane Carroll. Now, that's a oh, cast. Oh, I love Diane Carroll, That's a cast. Um, yes, yeah, so Agnes of God, Tammy Grimes. <laughs> I just, if I can get one Agnes of God reference in. Every. Every single so, time, I'm yep. going to be so happy. Um, another actor that I wanted to talk about, because to me, I think this is a really great loss for our community. And uh, he, we were trying to get him on our podcast yes. for quite some time. And unfortunately, he just wasn't in the best of health. And I, and I so wish we could have gotten to him earlier. And that's the great John McMartin. John McMartin. Oh. I saw him in more. I was writing his credits. And I was thinking, Grey Gardens. Oh, I saw him in that. And then mm-hmm. I said, Anything Goes. Oh, I saw him in that. Uh, Into the Woods. Oh, I saw him in that. Uh, I, I, he was I, always working. Yes. Up until five and a half, I mean, five and he, half decades. If you I go saw through him his in IBDB so page. Oh, my God. It's huge. A mammoth. And starting with Little Mary Sunshine. Never stopped. The man never, never stopped. stopped. And he was nom- And I don't think he was ever quite as appreciated as he should have been. Absolutely I not. I agree with you. Because he went 0 for 5 at the Tonys. Wow. Wow. Sweet Incredible. Charity original and Follies. Even, and am I correct? Am I correct in saying he didn't even get a nomination for Follies? Wasn't that he the was big not controversy for Follies? Come on! People say it was one of the greatest performances in musical theater, and he did not get a Tony nomination for it. That's that's nuts. No, it, it, it's so it's, Follies, Sweet Charity, both Broadway and the movie. He's uh-huh. Oscar, and I think what's so great in that Sweet Charity is it shows how funny he is. Oh my He's very gosh! Funny. He's a funny, hysterical actor, and I think so many times we remember him as. Ben from Follies, he very was, serious. He was very, he was very good at playing those staid. He was uh, patrician business types. Yes, or or uh, in he's what was it? All the president's men, isn't he in that? Yeah, he's one of the newspaper editors in All the President's he, Men, he, playing those kinds of roles, something more imperious. I saw him. The last time I saw him was his uh, his last opening night. I was at the opening night of All the Way, mm. uh, the the LBJ play starring Brian Cranston. Oh, right. And, I'm sitting there watching him and just marveling at how incredible he is because yeah. the talent was yeah. undiminished and he was so focused and so right in all the choices he was making in anything I saw him do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he worked across all of the mediums and too. And he did mediums. musicals, he did plays and for, for over five decades. And I think one of I his mean, last TV appearances, and it's very funny, is uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Oh, Have you seen yes. that where he's the World yes. War II veteran? He's, oh, that's right. I date, forgot about right? Yeah, they go on a blind date and he's and he still so thinks a, it's World War II. Right. It, he's hysterical, this guy. Oh my guy. gosh, I totally forgot about that. But then you watch The Road You Didn't Take. Yes. And your heart breaks. Because he's devastating. Uh, but then you compare the original with the birthday concert yes. in 2010. And it's, it's, it's astonishing. His career, five and a half decades of just astonishing good work and the go-to guy for so many people bob fossey hal prince stephen sondheim all of these people just singing his mm-hmm. praises and i don't think when he was with us we sung his praises no enough and it's a real loss that we didn't get him on uh we didn't get to chat yeah with we him. missed him we missed him unfo- unfortunately and uh not only did we miss him we also missed um 
the great Sean Elliott from yes. City of Angels mm-hmm. and Jacques Brel, right. Donna Murphy's husband. I met him once, too. Really? Uh, yeah, I was doing a show. I was like assisting musically uh, for this. It was going to be a concert at Town Hall. It was a musical uh, that Donna Murphy was was starring in. Uh, it was called Pamela's First Musical by Cy Coleman and Winnie Wasserstein. Um, it, like sort of a children's musical, uh, but they did like a one night concert to, uh, for the Actors Fund. But he was in rehearsals a lot, just kind of hanging out. And their their interaction was they were just so in love. Yeah, <laughs> like they were just he was there always there to help her out, support her. And she was such a workhorse that she was on every break. She was always rehearsing, and I was at the piano playing for her. But he was always there, sort of giving her support and being a part of things. And I, I think that, you know, they must have had a real special relationship. He was in Marie Christine. He was in Marie Christine. Huh. Now, City of Angels has not been revived yet on Broadway. Isn't that Why crazy? it hasn't, I don't know. It's driving me crazy. But uh, he's Munoz on the original. Oh, yeah. Sings All You Have to Do Is Wait. And it's All you have to do is is brilliant. Yeah. He was absolutely He was from Puerto brilliant. Rico. Yeah. Yeah. And he did plays as well as musicals. Yep. He worked all over the medium, which is great. So we'll send a special shout out to to Sean, and we wish Indeed. he was still with us. Let's go to the behind the table, behind the table, yes. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a little bit, for a couple of well, people. There's a composer that I wanted to bring up, yes. just because I think it's worth mentioning. Well, there's two actually. Mm. We, we lost two great writers, um, but the first one is one that I think a lot of people don't know. But it was, his name, I didn't know his name really, but until doing my research, but I knew his shows. I have albums. You probably have albums of them too, Kevin. But uh, Oscar Brand is his name. And he wrote a couple flop musicals. But he wrote, and some ones you might know, but A, a Joyful Noise was Yes, his. A Joyful uh, Noise. How to Steal an Election, but also The Education of Hyman Kaplan. That one with like H star. The y, Tom Bosley you know. one. Yeah. yeah. Now that one opened, I think, the night they killed Martin Luther King. And they said that's why the show didn't succeed. Oh, wow. Was because the, that was dominating the news. Yeek. So that's that's one of his. So he had but Hyman he was, Kaplan. He was an awful writer. Yeah, and another great writer that um, a lot of people, my wife worked with, um, but Liz Suedos. Liz we lost Suedos, the great Liz yes. Suedos, who is so funky. And if you, she was like the definition of like downtown theater. I want to say where she would create the music organically with everyone in the room. And she wrote Runaways, which they just did, you know, this past mm-hmm. summer. Yep. Um, and then, of course, I have the Doonesbury album of course because of course like do. why why shouldn't i right um and uh yeah and there's a i just i stumbled across a great documentary that was made maybe a couple years ago of, of her it was like on the wnyc channel mm. and it was her and i talk about it because shana taub who, whom i this that, you that young songwriter she was the music director on this and you actually watched uh liz suedos working with these high school students creating a musical and she was Boy, she was so specific, and she knew exactly what she wanted. But it was all very artsy, is yeah. the word I would use. You know, Arts- she was <laughs> she was very artsy. You know, it was very like but I love um, that Runaways clip though from the Tonys. It, it was, and it was like real Runaways. I yeah, mean, that's. They, I, I don't think she gets enough credit for no. as yeah for everything that she contributed. So those were your two: those Oscar my, Brand two and my, Liz Suedos. That's for the, great for the music writers. Yeah, um, for directors. Ah. I'm going to throw out, because I got the chance to meet him, and God, what a story this guy had. Jack Hofsis, who directed The Elephant Man. Oh, he was yeah. the youngest oh, yeah. person ever to win a Tony Award for directing. Mm-hmm. How, how old was he? Uh, I think he was 28. What? He, yeah, he was very young. He was, I mean, young, young. And House, listen to this. Elephant Man is such a success, he gets a three-picture deal with a major movie company to direct th- these three major films. So he's running on all cylinders from the success of The Elephant Man. And in 1985, he was on a, in a swimming pool, and he dived off a diving board, no. hit his head, broke his spine, <gasps> and he was paralyzed for the rest of his life. Oh, no. Did not stop him from working. The man was working up until the day he died. And I think there's always, there's this big discussion, or it seems like there's been this big discussion recently about diversity in the theater. Yes. And I think so much time we we always forget that there's also physical disabilities, and that's included in diversity. Exactly. As, like, and I think Jack is the perfect example of that. He was mentoring young directors. Um, how did you meet him? I met I met him through another person we lost this year, which was Gordon Davidson. Um, Gordon Davidson and Zelda Fitchlander, who we we lost both of these titans of regional theater this year. Uh, Zelda revolutionized what regional theater could do at the arena stage in Washington. And Gordon literally invented the Los Angeles theater scene. 
with the center theater group. There wasn't a lot there. I mean, there was not a lot. a lot. There, there really yeah. isn't. But yeah. when Gordon was there in the 70s and 80s, the L.A. theater scene was real hot. Huh. And he was bringing in all of these political plays, all of these controversial plays. The last thing he brought in the early 90s was Angels in America. And then he stepped aside, and now the theater scene down there is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's, no. it's not it's not going the way I think it should be going. Um, but wow. Gordon and Zelda and Jack, all titans of the theater, all believing that they should pass it on to the next generation, and they did that um, as unselfishly as possible. So, so commendable when when, yeah. when there's such artists that not only create great art but also uh, create other artists, you know, and using their influence in that regard was it too. jack lemon that said when you take the elevator up you got to send it back down it was brilliant for the next that's the next great. person that's, that's really that's special and i think that zelda gordon and uh jack all did that um so i wanted to just give a special shout out to them because we lost them yeah this year and i think the best way we can honor them is by sending the elevator back down one more time i love it who else we got who uh else well we i have two year? of my favorite things i've got to give a shout out to sure that we lost uh one of them was I mentioned uh, Jack Lee, who was my mentor. Mm, uh, he was a great mentor. music director uh, on Broadway. He do, did the original Grand Hotel and My um, One and Only, the Tommy Toon thing. Um, and he was he also speaking of mentoring. He was he when he passed in March. Um, I was so bummed because I I was literally in the process of getting him to be on our on our show. Um, and he, uh, he you know he he taught me when I moved to New York. Didn't charge me a cent, you know, because he wanted to just. He saw something. We had went to the same alma mater, and we went to Bal- he went to Baldwin Wallace, albeit sixty years apart. But he, and so we had a connection there. Um, and he was a special man. But I loved reading Facebook when I saw the post about him, and because I think when you, with teachers, you think you have that special relationship with that teacher. You know, right. you forget that the teachers spread the love to everybody. You yeah. know, and, there are so and many I, with similar. And I loved seeing all of these situations. stories. Yeah, and the people all these posts on his you know on the Facebook of. Everyone with similar stories like me of how he influenced their life. And so I, you know, celebrate him. He was one of my favorite things. And then we also lost Lucretia Campbell. We lost you know, another Lucretia one of Lucretia never played things. Broadway, but she did in my heart. Um, she, she was a great performer and a great singer. Uh, and and she, we lost her as well. And two of, those are my, two of my favorite things that were... Um, that are gone They're gone, year. yeah. I, w- I really wish we could have had Jack. Yeah, for the he podcast. was, and boy, he knew everybody, and he was he he was so connected to um, the business and um, and the history, you know, the the, the Broadway of ago. You yeah, know? but it's yeah. great that you're passing it on because you teach too. Yes, and so it's following in Jack's really, footsteps. Yeah, I like to think of it like that. That's what really a great cool. way to honor him. Yeah, uh, James Niederlander. That's true. Oh my gosh, talk about a titan! Ninety three years old, Jimmy Niederlander. He really producer. created that. That whole legacy, right. I mean that. I mean, oh yeah, that empire. You really could say because they have theaters all over right. the country they, they that, they, that they run, and and he pretty much saved the Palace Theater. Yeah, back in the '60s, because the Palace Theater at that point was a movie house, and they were eyeing it for demolition. Crazy, right. and he bought it, saved, and you're right, theaters all across the country. He went, saved, and purchased. So we have so many great, beautiful regional houses now because of Mr. Niederlander. Any good stories about him or anything? My favorite, my favorite, my favorite James Needle. I should say Needleheimer. Needleheimer, yes. Oh. Uh, uh, it's one of the most miraculously funny things I've ever seen in my life. But they had uh, Elizabeth Taylor on the Tony Awards in, I guess it was 81, 80 oh. or 81. And she's presenting Best Musical. And she's trying to read the names, and she gets to his, and James L. Needleheimer, and the place erupts, and then she just starts cackling. She's like, Jimmy, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. We've, we've talked, we've about, talked about, this, about this, but I... Because I'm obsessed with it. It is one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the history of humanity. <laughs> Have, can I, can I, can I one-up you on that one? Please. Have you seen Catherine O'Hara... Do her imitation of Elizabeth Taylor. I have not doing it. Where is that? SCTV. Oh my god! Of course they do a mock. Of course they would do that. They that do show a, would do that, right? They do a mock award show, and Catherine O'Hara shows up as Liz Taylor in the same exact dress she's wearing at the Tony Awards. Oh my god! And she screws up everybody's name <laughs> and just giggles her way through. I it. need to see that. Yeah. So, but yes. So that's that's our famous Jimmy Nederlander story, and it's 
one Needle of the timer. most charming screw ups. Oh, she's I've so ad- ever seen. You could forgive her for anything. Is she just like a, a waste? I mean, allegedly, is she just like wasted? No, no. I just don't think she's she, she's, she's trying. They they gave her it on the card, and she's just like, I can't read well. Yeah, she's, she's just like very self deprecating, very funny. God, did I oh, love her? And then wow. she can't. She finds it so funny. She can't get through <laughs> can't it. Keep it together. No, no. Oh and it's really. And, and in fact, it's anticlimactic when they announce Forty Second Street. Yeah, you're like, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> and that's back on stage. <laughs> now, oh, apparently, James Niederlander was all about the bottom line. Uh huh. And so they asked him. They said, "What was your favorite show that you worked on? Which one like meant the most?" He goes, "Annie made the most money." And they said, well, what about okay. the ones were the ones that didn't make money that you, 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 know, you really enjoyed? He goes, nope. And he took the reporter to the bathroom. And in his bathroom were all the posters for the shows that flopped. And he goes, that's where I keep those. Wow. So they're all in the, in the bathroom. And then more recently, as in like the last week, we lost the great Dick Latessa. I know, oh right? Oh, my goodness. Whom I saw in, let's see, I, I think I saw him in Hairspray. In everything, right? I saw him in Cabaret <laughs> as Herr Schultz, who he replaced in that original Broadway and then I, I mean the revival. And then I saw him in uh, well, we promises, promises. We were yes, just talking Dr. about that. Doctor Dreyfus, yeah. <laughs> who sings one of the best songs at the end of the show. Will you sing a little bit for me? Of right now? course, of course. Here we go. <laughs> You're like I thought you'd never ask. I thought you would never <laughs> ask. Put my glasses on the top of your head. On the top of your head, <sighs> you won't see a thing. <laughs> Smiling, <laughs> laughing, and happy. Oh yes. The more, the less you see, the better you feel, and the better you feel, the more you'll smile. Best sixteen, that's got to be it. I mean, like, it's, thank you. That's just amazing. I poor Dick Lindsay. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, at but least I'm, we can we can in his honor smile and celebrate him. You know what my favorite thing about Dick Latessa is? What his job he thought was to support the star. It was to support Harvey Firestein or to support oh, Kristen Chenoweth, and how that itself is an art yeah, and how that is just as important as being Harvey Firestein so or being true. Kristen Chenoweth. So great actor, lost him. Wish we could have had him for our podcast. Oh, I, another one I, we really missed. Um, God. Mr. Edward Albee. Edward Albee. I met him once. Yeah? Uh, he hit on me. It was really sweet. I'm, you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, what? what? That's my Edward Albee story. I, went to, I was a, a personal mine. assistant a personal wow. assistant to this Older, you know, a woman from the Upper East Side, and she was friends with Marion Seldes. So I was her date to this this off Broadway thing called Beckett slash Albie, mm-hmm. and it was her and Brian Murray doing like some of his weirder stuff. Like it, one was just her mouth talking, like her lips, and it it, it was wild. It was weird. It, I was young. I was twenty one. Were you at a pornographic movie theater? <laughs> Were you at a sex shop, Kevin? Did someone say we're going to go see a play and they took you to a sex shop? It was, well, it was immersive. So, Was it weird <laughs> they gave you poppers instead of a program? I have so many questions. Oh, my God. So so afterwards, we go back and it was at the... Uh, it doesn't matter where it was. Uh, and, <laughs> um, the and, Pussycat uh, Theater. Like, <laughs> used to be called the Trafalgar. Near the Union Square. And yeah. uh, we, we went back with... I went back with Rita. She was friends with Marion Seldes. So they were old high school friends. And Albie was there. Uh, and so it was him, Marion Seldes, Rita... And uh, Brian Murray and I'm like the odd man out because they all know each other. They're sure. they're the stars. I was so young and like stupid, and uh, and I'll be. They were in the middle of chatting, and he just stops the whole conversation, and he's like, uh, "Who is this?" And he me, makes me join. He leaves the conversation, comes over to me, starts talking to me, and wants me to know about my life and what do I do. And I'm an actor, and oh, da, da, and he's, he, you know, he talks about his art collection and stuff like that, and very, very sweet. And then Rita grabs me and uh, makes us leave because she knows exactly what he was uh, going after. Kevin, <laughs> he David, Thomas. He enjoyed the. Um, the young bucks, as you might say, <laughs> so that was my wow. experience. Wow, well, you might say, uh, <laughs> you young buck, you wow, I'm a young buck, or wasn't? Didn't think I was, but a- to him, I imagine was. Imagine how different his life would have been if he hadn't been pulled away. <laughs> oh, absolutely, it could have been it. I mean, I, I you could, have, I would have been in the goat, or who was Sylvia? You could have been, yeah. You, you, you well, <laughs> that's not, I, yeah. For, <laughs> so yeah, so you, you could have inherited the Albi estate. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. The road you didn't take. Well, that's that's a great story, though. That's weird. I was really lucky in L.A. They did uh, Virginia Woolf for one night only in concert. And I mean, that sounds horrible. It's in a concert. But it was uh, it was Uta Hagen, Jonathan Price, 
What? Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick and Mia Farrow heard about this. were the were the four, and it was and I know and it was sort of the same thing you were saying with Tammy Grimes, which was they all came out on stage, and she Uta Hagen came out, and you were like, oh, uh oh, oh no, oh, like this is she gonna? Did they make a mistake? Yeah, yeah, and so she, you know, she wop, wop, literally wobbled out, and as soon as it started, all the age disappeared. Everything disappeared, wow. and she was the most ferocious energy on that stage. And as long as I live, that is something I will never oh, that's forget. Really special. You got was to what see she that. brought. To yeah. it's a very, it's a very visceral performance. Yes, on record, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing that you can listen to it on record and yeah, really feel it in a way that you wouldn't expect. Savage. She it she really was is. savage. And, is a good word I mean, for that. Yeah, and I find it. I mean, the film is so great. But I find I am more likely to go back to that cast album. Available from Masterworks Broadway. Nice. <laughs> Everyone go get it. It's wonderful. It's essential. If you love theater, you need it. And just listen to it. Yeah. The first time I got it, it was a MP3 rip from the LP someone sent me. Sure. And I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll listen to like a few minutes. You know, three hours later, I'm lying on the couch yeah. like... Fuck. Easily. Yeah. I, 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 I listen to I got road trips. It. It's like I, I, I mean, got it's, lost in it. It's, it's pretty. So it's, good. I mean, it's epic. So yours. So yours is Who's Afraid of Virginia? It's Wall. cliche, but I have to say, and same, mine, yeah. and mine. Yeah. Though I Same. think a delicate balance is a fabulous. Oh, that's really piece. good. I'm. You know, I'm going to throw the goat in there. Yes, I saw that we too, and I loved that too. Yeah. We need the goat. I because I was so funny when I was in high school. I was obsessed with Who's Afraid of Virginia Wall, but then when I was in college, I was obsessed with the goat. So that's that's my. That's no, my I like that. I, with I, it. I take that. And he worked on only. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it just Breakfast at Tiffany's? He came in to help at Breakfast that's at the Tiffany's. Only and that's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> was it the only musical Fix. he was involved in? In some as way, shape, or form. I'm as far aware, as we know, that, that wasn't like a ghost. There's no. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, there's no opera version of Virginia Woolf out there that were. A cha- mm. That would make a great chamber opera, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. That actually be really good. No. Uh, other people that we've lost. Uh, we've also lost. We lost Patty Duke. Yes. Great Patty Duke and Jackson, right. Gene and Wilder. Gene, oh my God, Gene Wilder. Yeah, right. Peter Schaefer, who wrote Equus and Amadeus and Let Us and Love It. We just lost Fritz Weaver. And Fritz I Weaver. I was going to say from everyone's favorite musical, Baker, Baker Street. Street. <laughs> <laughs> Though he he and Inga Swenson, oh God. reunited uh, two years afterward for another City Center revival of My Fair Lady. Really? Which did not get recorded, unfortunately. Oh, Can you bad. imagine? That would be one. The two of them that. together with good material. Yeah. Wasted opportunity, City Wasted Center. Opportunity. Should have recorded it. Who else have we lost, unfortunately? We, uh, Madeline Sherwood. Oh, she was fun so character actress. Mm-hmm. Wonderful in the she 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 was in the original Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. And she's Do in I the movie too. Movie. She's the the sister in law. Yes, she's, uh, she's so ugh. nasty. Ooh, she's but so I good love her. It. Oh, she's such a good actress. She's or, in Do I Hear Walt? She sings that. Why you know the What do we what do? We, do, we, do we, fly? we fly? Yeah, she's one of the passengers on that. David Margulies. David Margulies. Uh, oh he yes, was, oh. Very, he was a good friend of my wife's family, the Crawfords. They they Ron did uh, just towards at the very end of it last year. He spent. He decided he wanted to produce himself doing King Lear. So he hired Ron to film it, uh, my grandfather-in-law. And uh, he, he, he was, you know, acting up to the very end. I mean, he was a workhorse. A great guy. Yeah. I mean, most people know him as, what, the mayor from Ghostbusters. Yeah, but, both of the movies. But what a he was, career. But he, he worked what nonstop career. on Broadway. We also lost Robert Horton from 110 in the Shade. Yes. That's right. The Our original Starbuck. Starbuck. Our Starbuck yeah. is gone. Uh, Martha Wright. Yeah, tell me about Martha Wright. Martha Wright has uh, a, a unique career in that she replaced Mary Martin in both South Pacific and The Sound of Music. Ooh, and uh, she she didn't she's not really on record. There, there's a few studio recordings, and she did a solo album called Censored, which is you know Rodgers and Hard and Cole Porter. Some of their oh more, yes yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of the songs that they had to censor for radio play, but they didn't for the record. That was the gimmick. <laughs> But she she had a, a wonderful career in the fifties, and when she replaced Mary Martin in The Sound of Music, this is, I just it, press uh, the press reps doing their best work. You have a photo of Mary Martin uh, sitting between the four writers of the show: Rogers and Hammerstein, Lindsay and Krauss. And Hammerstein died in August of nineteen sixty. Mary Martin left the show in October nineteen sixty one. And in the press materials, they take that photo of Mary and they slap Martha's head on it. 
and they put that out. What? This is what? Yeah, if you, if you, uh, you I, I have the photos. I have the photos. I can show you. Wow. I, would you send that to us? Because I have, I have never heard of this. It's and we'll like, put it it's online. Like years before Photoshop, they're like, yeah. well, we're just going to. No one will know. That, gonna, I am astounded. I am dumbfounded that that even happened. Yep. So, and that was what they did. And he'd been dead wow. like. 14, 15 months by the time. Oh, that wow. <laughs> that person, I'm sure, got. You're welcome. Summarily dismissed. Uh, I have to give a shout out to the the man who wrote the uh, the longest running play I in New York City history. Warren Manzi. Can we? The perfect crime. You guys, <laughs> over 12,000 performances. It's still going. But what's really unique about have you seen it? it? I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. What do you mean? No. I Why? saw it. You have did? you seen it? I'll, oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, I could go now. Who's in it? Bar- Gary Busey? Yeah, Gary Busey's in it. Wait, for they, real? They stunt casted for the first time in like, was it Didn't I tell years? you they, they offered us? They were like, do you want to interview Gary Busey on your podcast? I said, no. I'm like, what are we going to talk about with Gary Busey? I, I would be scared. Isn't it like his stage debut? It's his stage debut. It's his debut on stage ever. So <laughs> I don't think it would be a very long podcast. Yeah, no. no like, so for, for our listeners. So we actually said no. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I'm sorry I didn't run that by you, but I, <laughs> no, but no. I thought we would be on the same page about that. Oh, yeah, one. Unless yeah, definitely. Do you really want to talk to Gary? Unless Busey? he's like a diehard fan, but I can't imagine he Gary is. Gary Busey loves Baker Street. <laughs> <laughs> you should steer his Fritz Weaver impersonation. It is. It is something to uh, beat the wow. drum to. But for those of you who don't know, Perfect Crime, yes, it's the longest off Broadway. It's longest running off Broadway play. But most importantly. Uh, the woman who has starred in the show from the beginning since 1987 or 88 uh, is still doing the show. She's only missed three performances. I was there when the Guinness Book of World Records showed up. Oh, really? Yeah, because we were rehearsing Sweeney Todd uh, in the Snapple Theater Center. Mm. And so she was there, and she was a very interesting woman. But she will literally um, – she sells you the ticket. Rips the ticket. Rips probably. the ticket. Uh-huh. Hands you the program, uh-huh. shows you where the door is. You sit down, and you're watching the show. And the front door opens, and the woman who sold you the ticket walks out on stage and sits down. And you go, "Didn't she just sell me the ticket?" Oh, she's the lead in the show. Oh, it's her. She does everything. Oh wow! And then after the show, she sweeps up the stage. Oh my gosh! And says, "Everyone, there." I on one hand, I'm like, <laughs> "That is the most ridiculous thing," but then I'm like, "Good for you." I mean, she's she has got non-stop. something. That's what other actress can say she's worked for almost 30 years? I mean, is it equity? I mean, then she's she's set. I think she's equity. Oh, that's amazing. But she's anyway, set. the man who gave her these beautiful words to speak like, that's a gun, has passed away. His name was Warren Mansey, and he passed away at the age of 60. So we thank you, Warren, for giving oh, us man. perfect crime because <laughs> it really is something that's going to go down in theater history. And if you've not so. seen it. Go see it, especially with Gary Busey. I mean, that's going to liven things up a little bit. Debut. <laughs> Would it? Is that is that it? Was that our list of people? I mean, we have like Brian Bedford, and we you uh, know who, I, who was just recently in uh, you know Prince of Being Earnest. Uh, yeah, you know, roundabout um, Muhammad Ali, who was in that musical that I mentioned earlier. Um, Maurice White, who was a composer of Hot Feet, that 2006 hit, but he wrote all the music to that. It was like a dance show with Maurice Hines. Oh he, yes, he's worth a shout out because you, Alan Rickman, of course. Oh, Alan Rickman, uh, John John Minio just passed oh, last month. Oh, John Minio, line. That's right, the great John Minio. Um, right, and the, I mean the list goes on and on. There's so many. It's again, also on our list. 2016 was one of those years where so many great people die, and yeah. you're just so depressed by it. Yeah, 2016 it seemed like Too it was ugh. just slamming you every single way you turned. Mm. So, um, but we look forward to a happy and healthy. healthy. And wonderful 2017. That's right. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. This thank has you. been an absolute treat. Mr. I Daly. have enjoyed this much more than I even expected. Right. That's so delightful. And before that. we got on the air, Kevin told us this is your first podcast? First time I've ever I'm appeared on a by podcast. That. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so uh, glad. Please get Kevin on your podcast because he is wonderful and hopefully it wasn't too painful. No, it was not painful at all. Oh, wonderful. Good. Good. <laughs> Unlike the audience at Perfect Crime. <laughs> um, oh, bless. Oh, bless. <laughs> Oh, bless. Oh, God. Oh, Agnes of God. That's what she should do uh, next. If she did Perfect Crime and Agnes of God in, in rep, rep, I'm leaving. Combine them. Just in oh, rep. my God. She does both. <laughs> but what happens if somebody shows up late? Does she, like, leave the stage and go take seats their them, ticket and, and like, then, seats like, them? Well, there's, like, no late seating on the no, ticket. Did you ever see so- Soap Dish with Kevin Klein? Oh, yeah. It's great. That's great. Where he's doing the, be a the good musical. Death of a Salesman. Yeah. 
and like the woman spills in the dinner theater and like while he's doing his big important monologue, he has to go and like clean up the coffee spill. That's kind of what I imagine. Yeah, I would like it too. All right. Well, thank you all so much. We'll see you in 2017. See you next year. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.